Okay, so before we get to the thing we were talking about before we started, uh, I should probably address... Um, okay, so if you, if you keep up with any of my announcements, you would have seen a couple days ago, I said that the episode was going to be delayed, and I didn't know when it would be. Um, turns out it's actually on time, so that that's the time that I didn't know it was going to be. Um, long story short, there's renovations going on at my house, and I was told that they were going to be working indoors on Saturday, and then they decided to take Friday and Saturday off. So now they're going to be doing it on Monday. So... So we can record. Yeah. I just have to wait longer before I can start start fixing. Um, yeah, it's just it, it's annoying because I, I had to move so much stuff out of the room to make space for them to get in here, and I'm just waiting to be able to put it all back. It's like my room feels empty. Also, if you hear background noise, I'm trying to kill Doctor Doom. Um, but anyway, so we were talking about um, what a dumb name Sheev Palpatine is. And other Star Wars things. Yeah, I, I like just for some reason, um, it's cutting out and then like cutting back in with what you said before, like going over um, w w what you were saying currently. Huh. Okay. I don't. Um. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I'll. I probably won't edit around this. I'll just leave it all in. For everyone to enjoy our craziness, um, but no, I, I jumped in right on the stupid Sheev Palpatine thing. You know, Sheev and okay, Palpatine. Um, I don't really have anything to say about it. I just mm. remembered that his name was Sheev, and I thought it was funny. Yeah. Yep. That's also Disney's fault. I mean, I think it, the the Tarkin novel where they gave Palpatine a name was probably in production before Disney took over, but it was one of the ones that was part of the launch for um, the novels under Disney, so it's Disney's fault that uh, Palpatine is named Sheev. And Disney's fault that uh, Raylo is incest because uh, their Marvel comic retconned the Plagueis novel and made it so that Palpatine was the one responsible for making Anakin through the Force and not Plagueis' tampering with the Force, making Anakin somewhat Wait, accidentally. Jade. Jade, you're missing uh, the most important part. Um, and that's that it's technical incest, which is the best form of incest. Mm. And it's Star Wars, so it's, it's about family. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it all rhymes. Yeah. Now that 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 is a clip of Carrie Fisher saying it's a, it's all about family in regards to the Last Jedi that Red Letter Media just plays every time they want to make fun of something with Star Wars. <laughs> They're just like it's about family. Yeah. Oh my god. Uh. <laughs> also, I killed Doctor Doom. So I. Yay. Nice. He deserved it, kind of. Yeah, he was at the end of this line of people that I had to punch. Um, apparently he was teammates with two Doombots, Luke Cage, Diablo, um, a guy who's like a blend of Iron Man and Captain America, whose name I can't remember. He's an original character for Contest of Champions, but... 
Yeah, there's just there's a bunch of characters, and I punched all of them to get up to Doctor Doom, and then punched him to death. Uh, who are you playing? Using as? Mysterio, Suns. Uh, I I have a team of three that is Mysterio, movie version because that they only have a movie version right now. Um, Sunspot, who's an X-Men character, who's like a... It's like if the Human Torch was in a suit. You know, like a suit coat. <laughs> like, suit and tie. Okay. Um, and, um, Angela, who was a Spawn character and is now a Marvel character, uh, who appeared and joined the Guardians of the Galaxy and then was revealed to be Thor's long-lost sister. And so now I guess she's a Thor character. But wow. otherwise, she's just doing other things. Like that is. Yeah, it, I liked that... her better in Marvel before the Thor twist. <laughs> but even then, like the first, like Angela Asgard's assassin, the first story they did with the after they'd had the stupid Thor sister reveal thing, um, was actually a pretty decent story. And then it got handed over to another writer to do the next part, and it just got dumb. So, <laughs> I know how to make this better. <laughs> Just add a dumb twist that nobody will. Yeah, well, you make it all about, about gay romance and not have any more substance to it than that, so people will think, "Oh, that's cute and progressive," but also this like, I, I don't care about your IKEA jokes and your shawarma. It's like trying uh. to be these these writers trying to be relatable and it's like yeah maybe this is relatable to someone who lives in new york city but not to someone who lives out in the boonies like me or me i've never been to an ikea never even seen an ikea what the fuck is a shawarma yeah it's the thing they ate at the end of the avengers movie but i didn't look close enough at the table to see what it was yeah i i know um i I don't know what shawarma is. I just know it's food, like from the Middle East. Yeah, That's about it's it. food. In, like I assumed it was Indian, but I guess Middle East also makes sense. Yeah, I have no idea. Yeah. Also, like... I I've been in an IKEA once. Hmm. Um, I didn't want to. Were you horribly confused? There. Like all the jokes say you're supposed to be. No, um, it looked like good furniture, I guess. Mm. I mean, I I don't think other languages are automatically funny. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, like I don't know. Like all I know about IKEA is, I guess the furniture, like the the furniture comes unassembled, and um has instructions that have no writing on them it's just pictures so people get really confused by that i guess i mean as long as they label the pieces it shouldn't be that much of an issue like i've built furniture like yeah i've i've built pre-prepared furniture before like yeah like uh, most of the time it comes in a kit and you've got like nails and screws and stuff and it says to put them in spots yeah. and you put them in the spots and Put screw A through uh, board B. Yeah. Or board J. Yeah. The yeah. boards are usually J. Yeah. What are we talking about? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Dumb Ikea jokes and just dumb lazy jokes and stuff. And how Angela is Thor's long lost sister from the 
ninth realm, or not ninth, tenth realm, because cause there's the nine realms, and then there's the secret tenth realm that was cut off from the tree uh, by <laughs> um, Freya? Frega? Whatever her name is. Um, Odin's wife. Uh, she had some kind of beef with the angel realms, so she cut them off from the tree of the world. And so they've been, like, adrift or something. And somehow Angela... Uh, I think Aunt, I, maybe, maybe she was mad at them because, like, Angela was your daughter, but the angels kidnapped her or something. And so she cut off the tree. Cut, cut off the realm from the tree. Um, it was a decent story, I just I don't remember the details. And also it's I, dumb, but... They did the best they could with a dumb concept. I mean that—that's like most of the things I like. Mm. Is people just taking a dumb concept and running with it? Yeah. I mean, otherwise, like, I, I did play a game. I never. I, I I I can. You're you're still going in and out every now and then, and I, oh, I can okay. never tell if. I can never tell if you're talking and it just isn't picking up, or if it's just silence. Um, I can try shutting the fan off, because maybe that's affecting the Discord audio pickup thing. Yeah, we can try it. I don't... I don't know. (laughs) So that'll change up uh, the background noise. And also, maybe, um, it'll pick up better, hopefully. Um, so far... Okay. Yeah, maybe it was just too much interference from uh, having that fan blowing right on the mic all the time. Yeah, I'll let you know if it happens again, because it might... I don't trust it. Mm. Yeah. But yeah, so I I did play a game... Yeah, I got it yesterday, and played the whole thing yesterday, because it was short. What was it? Uh, Donut County. Uh, oh yeah, I've yeah, seen that. It's an indie game. It's like Katamari, except you're controlling a hole, and your hole, uh, as you know, you make things fall into it, uh, gets bigger, and so you can make bigger things fall into the hole. I like it. It looked. I I've seen uh, like a preview of it. It looked pretty neat. Yeah, like, like it's fun. They kind of shoehorn a story into it that feels like. Like, I wish there was a way to just skip over it and get right to the action, because the action is fun and the story's fine. What what kind of story could they have while you're uh, sucking things up through a hole? Well, I, I, they got to establish a reason for why the hole is sucking things up. You know, who's controlling the is, hole? Is there an evil scientist? Uh, there's a raccoon. Yeah, you're, you're in a town that is like a mix of humans and animals, like anthropomorphic animals and stuff. And there's these raccoons that have moved into town, and they're taking over, I guess. But the one you're playing as is one who's, like, just friends with a human and works at a donut shop. And every time someone orders a donut, he sends a hole to start swallowing up um, their, you know, them and their house and everything. Um, which is a thing that the the trash king the leader of the raccoons is paying him to get you know people and all their trash sent down into this hole so the raccoon scientists can go find all the neat trash and uh, study it and stuff um, but <laughs> like narratively like the game it starts off with just 
like the the human girl at home texting her raccoon friend, and then it jumps to you know later in the story when everyone has fallen down into this pit and they're all like living in the dark around a campfire and talking about how they ended up down there and so then it goes into like a series of flashbacks for how each person's house and everything fell down the hole um that like unfolds the story as that's happening and then it catches up to the present and then you have to like find a guy who there was a guy in the first level who was in a hot air balloon and flew away and you have to go find him and drag him down into the hole so you can use the balloon to get out and then go raid the um the facility where all the raccoons are and have a boss fight against their <laughs> giant raccoon helicopter oh my god that sounds bizarre but awesome yeah yeah it's a katamari but it makes slightly more sense and it's shorter Slight, slightly more sense than katamari is no sense though <laughs> mm. I, I guess if you want to get mathematic with it like katamari makes negative sense <laughs> mm. so yeah i mean even visually it kind of feels like katamari where it's that that kind of blocky cartoonish look to it like it, it doesn't look realistic at all like it, it was fun it's just i don't remember how much i paid for it and so based on that i don't know how much i can recommend i mean I guess if you're interested, buy it just to support it, even if it is a little higher cost than a two-hour game really should be. But yeah, I mean, it, it seemed it seemed from what I saw that like it was pretty like oh, you just suck up the small thing and then the big thing. Yeah, Ye like not yeah, it, not super interesting. Yeah, like, like it definitely could be chill. developed into something more because it doesn't quite get to like the levels of insanity that like upper level Katamari can get into. Um, like the biggest thing you suck yeah. up is a building. You, know, you don't like suck up the entire sky or anything. Okay, we're we're, mm. we're still kind of going in and out. Yeah, like it's it's better than it was before, but it, uh, it's still happening. Okay. I mean, I can hear you fine, so I guess if you have anything to talk about, I can listen and respond. Um, uh, uh, <laughs> I don't know, I, I pretty much just played Satisfactory, um, which, I, it, it's kind of interesting, but I don't, I don't know how interesting it would be to listen about, because it's a logistics simulator. <laughs> Which sounds like the most boring thing ever. Um, yeah, I I have heard people mention it, but I know nothing about it or what it is. So it's, um, so basically, the game starts and it drops you on an alien planet, and uh, your goal is basically to just build a factory that produces a lot of things to send back up into space to unlock more things to build um it, it's like a it's kind of like um minecraft a little in that like you, you're just dropped into a world and you have to build things to progress to build more things to progress mm. but 
um, instead of Minecraft where you basically do most of it or all of it yourself um, and Satisfactory you build machines to do it for you so like you start off you have to build a few things by hand then as you go and unlock things uh, you start to automate them like you you build a uh, you build a machine that mines ore for you, and the and then you you can uh, build a conveyor belt to a different machine that smelts it into uh, ingots, and then you can build a different machine that you can connect the conveyor belt to that'll turn it into like say a iron sheet to to build different things like it's so there's basically the two parts of the game that are um like logistics <laughs> like uh take these materials and make them go over here and turn them into these other materials that you'll need to build this separate thing and also you have to manage your power output that's powering all of your machines and also occasionally you need to go exploring this uh, alien planet to find new uh, new materials like new places to mine them so you can continue to progress so is it like an um, endless sandbox like Minecraft where there isn't really an end goal or you you know, may never reach the end goal um, if if there is an end goal, I haven't reached it. it it's the the game's still in early access, so it's not technically finished. Okay. But there there still is a lot there. Um, I've only gotten to tier six out of eight. Um, like to to unlock the next tiers of technology, like you need to build a bunch of parts that have no use to you but you have to send them up in a space elevator to your corporate overlords okay. <laughs> that, that have sent you to this planet to um, basically drain it dry of resources. Mm. Um, so, like, you, you're you're basically like a one-man um, environmental disaster. <laughs> like, you, 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 you fall down on this unspoiled alien paradise. Uh, okay, and, so this is the Lorax and, game, and you're the one slur. Basically, yeah. Uh, like, 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 as far as like the the creatures on this planet are concerned, like you, you're just an invasive species species that came down, started, uh, started pulling plants out the ground to use as biofuel, and started killing any anything that was hostile. Mm. But this need is a thing that all people need, so you you gotta. Uh, um, yeah, it, it's it's interesting. Like I don't, I don't think that many people would find it fun because it's very specific. Mm. Like, like, I, I guess you'd have to find a certain level of satisfaction, you know, pun intended, with 
you know, automating things to run at peak efficiency, which my brain apparently likes. Yeah, I mean, it's not like kind of like a simulation game. Yeah, like it, it's not really an action game or adventure, character focused. Yeah, I mean, you. Yeah, like you do have to fight off like hostile alien creatures, but it's not. That's not really the focus. You only do it. You pretty much only do it when you need to to get to a new area where they already exist and are just living their lives. Mm. Until you build a robot to do your fighting for you. You might be able to. Like, I, I think one of the... I, I looked up a guide, and one of the strategies they suggested was uh, running over the big creatures in your truck and, like, pinning them against the wall mm. so, so that you could just wail on them. <laughs> because, like, running them over with the truck doesn't actually hurt them. But uh, it does, like, stun them for a minute. But if you do it against the wall, they can't really stand up. So, so you just... You basically just trap them and then beat the shit out of them. And then rip their tusks uh, off and use them for fuel. <laughs> exactly. That's not even a... That's not even an exaggeration. That's exactly what you do. Yeah. You, you, you rip out their organs and... Uh, turn them into biofuel mm. but uh, yeah I got to the point where um, so at, at the beginning of the game to power your machines you have to use biofuel so like you have you have to spend uh, a lot of time like picking up leaves and wood and flowers to stick in your generators mm-hmm um, but I got I got to the point where I'm using coal, so now I've got like 24 coal generators, just polluting this untouched um, alien planet. So yeah, it's a feel good type of game. <laughs> I mean, does it seem like the kind of game that is aware of its anti-environment stuff and will have an ironic twist at the end, or? Uh, well, it, it's definitely like poking fun at uh, corporate, at, like corporate anti-environmental stuff. Mm. Like, um, like whenever you take damage, there's a little box on screen that says, uh, you know, damage detected to company property. Mm. So, yeah, like, they're, it's pretty blatant about, you know, like, you're just a corporate pawn in this machine. So, if there is an end to the game, it's probably going to be that you've destroyed this planet, and they congratulate you and send you to another planet. It, yeah, like, it'll be like, oh, look at this husk that you've drained all the resources out of. Congratulations, you've been promoted. Yeah. Yeah, like, I, I don't know if there is an end. I don't think there is, right now at least. But I wouldn't be surprised if they added one. Yeah, because like, Minecraft, Cause like, they have the like end... Said, like, the Ender Dragon and stuff, but you almost never get to that point. Yeah, like, you really don't... Like, I, I don't... I'm not super into Minecraft. 
Like I've only played like less than ten hours, mm. but I I do know that you don't really get to you don't really get to the end of Minecraft unless you're trying to. Like it's not just something that you just come across. Yeah. Yeah, I've only seen the end of Minecraft by playing in uh, creative mode, so I had unlimited items, and I could just use those to get to the end portal. And you can fly. Yeah, yeah, you can fly, you're invincible. Um, you can get all the equipment you need to kill the dragon. What was I going to say? I had something I was about to say, and then it just vanished. Um, something about Satisfactory? Uh, probably. <laughs> Is it called that because it's um, a factory? Is your fat factory called Satis? Yeah. <laughs> Now, yeah, like, like you're you're supposed to be building a factory to produce things for your corporate overlords to, like that's how you progress. Like you, you make a, a certain amount of things and you send them up in a drop pod or a space elevator, and they reward you by letting you build new things. Mm. Um. So. You're getting satisfaction from building a factory, so it's satisfactory. Okay. Because it, there is a weird sense of satisfaction when you're running at peak efficiency, like you're not wasting any materials, um, and you you could just see like your dozens of conveyor belts, um, all sending different materials into your storage containers. Hmm. It's, it's, it's definitely not the, the sense of joy you'd get in a regular game, but yeah, it, I wonder if there's a way to yeah. set up your factories so that you have renewable resources that will replenish enough that you're not taking more than you're giving. Well, the the uh, the ore veins never run out. So, you don't have to worry about that. It, I mean, they might change that later, obviously. But mm. it, at least, at least right now, like you can, you can mine, you can mine those same veins forever, and they they won't run out. Okay. So like, so like the for the, you know, like so if if like minute one, you you set up a you set up a miner to to mine iron and then smelt it into ingots and then make it make some metal rods like it'll do that for however many hundreds of hours you'll play mm. um like that that's basically the huge advantage of uh of getting to coal power over the the biopower at the beginning is that uh, like you put a miner on on a vein of coal, like it, it's there forever. It'll just keep producing coal, and you can send it directly into your coal plant, and uh, so you don't even have to touch it again at that point. Like it'll just do it, do all its work for mm. you. Whereas with, with the the biofuel, you just you need to constantly keep filling up the. Uh, like picking leaves off trees and filling them up manually. Mm. So yeah, 
I got to the point where I unlocked explosives. Mm. And uh So that's that's my new main way of <laughs> of killing the the creatures that get in my way and attack me. Yeah. And you can use it to mine is, for coal uh, faster by blowing up the the veins. <laughs> Actually, yeah, mm. you can. Cuz there, there's there's usually like a like like a deposit on top mm. of it where you know you could mine it for like a minute and it'll break that'll let you put a, a an auto miner on it but you could just throw something at it to blow it up too that's quicker that's more efficient that's a good yep. idea yep yeah just throw bombs at everything and it'll make all the stuff you need come flying out that does fix everything well almost everything there, there's there's like these rocks that um spit out poison gas that you can't blow up at least not as far as I know so that might be the one thing that explosions don't solve mm. can you send explosions in the pod that you're sending up to your company no they only take preset uh, supplies mm. so if they ever do ask for black powder though then Maybe you could sneak a fuse in there or something. That would be neat. Yeah, just a really long fuse all the way down to the ground. <laughs> it's like trailing out of the pod, like going into space. Yeah. Uh, oh, um, there, there's like little lizard dogs out, like out, out in the wild that you can tame by dropping a, a pile of berries on it. And then you can make them or work in on, your factory. On the ground. Well, <laughs> kind of, yeah. Like, like if you, you, you can like put them in a little pen. Mm. Like you, you can you can build a floor with some fences around it. And then every now and then they'll have an item for you. Yeah. Like, like it. It's supposed to be like, oh, they found they found something, even though you're you're keeping mm. them in a pen. They're trying to dig their way out, and they're giving I don't know you how the that works. that they find. <laughs> I, I guess so. Yeah, th you should check under that suspicious rock. It was just in the middle of there, and you'll find a tunnel all the way down to uh, the other side of the world. <laughs> to Lizard Doggo mm. Heaven. That's what they call them, Lizard Doggos. Yeah, like, just... just you know, pull back that sexy lizard dog poster that they've got, you know, set up against the wall and <laughs> I I I'd like to imagine um Shawshank Redemption with all dogs. Mm. All all dogs go to prison. <laughs> yeah, if only Don Bluth was still making movies we could tell him to do that one. Uh, wasn't he trying to get a Dragon's Lair movie um, funded? Uh, probably. It sounds familiar. It, was that like a Netflix thing? I think. I think it. I think he's been trying to do that yeah. for like ten years or, or yeah. longer. Yeah, no, because I looked up his studio history a while back, and I guess it got like bought by Twentieth Century Fox, and then eventually like shut down after Titan AE came out. Oh, well, that makes yeah. sense. Although I think he'd actually he'd um, split off from them before that. 
Like, he went off to do something else, and the studio didn't know oh. what to do, and they, they made a couple more movies and then got shut down. Oh, well, that's... That's sad. I, I'd really like um, some big-budget Western 2D mm. animation, because that doesn't exist yeah. anymore. Every Everything is 3D, and that is getting old. Yeah, I mean, it seems like... Cause like the novelty of it is worn off, and it you don't need as big of a budget to make it look decent anymore. You know, there's plenty of companies making okay, you know, good enough 3D animation without like a Pixar pedigree. Yeah, I mean that's like like that. That's the thing is that Pixar made it, and then they made it better than anybody possibly could, and then. Yeah, it's like they're at the point where the only thing they can do to impress people is by making it look photo real, and at that point you might as well just be doing it with real photography. Yeah, Yeah, like like even Pixar is like trying to... Like, they they still have like cartoony... um, like a cartoony art style. Yeah, most like, of like the, the character. Like they make the characters getting... look wide-eyed and expressive. Yeah, like, like, like they they haven't they have a cartoony art style, but the expressions are weirdly realistic. I guess mm. uh, it's hard to really explain. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and and ever since anyway, Toy Story three, I've, they've been the company that makes you cry. Like all their movies. Nearly all their yeah. movies are like this. Movie's gonna make you cry. By the way, How to Train Your Dragon um, is better than any Pixar movie in the past ten years. Mm. Any of them, all three of them. Hot takes. <laughs> yeah, I've only seen How to Train. Is that a hot take? Maybe I don't know. I mean, I've only seen the third How to Train Your Dragon once. The first one is great. The second one is even greater, and the third one is almost as great as that. Hmm. I love them all. Like it's like Hadrandy Dragon Two is my second favorite animated movie in the past ten years, yeah. besides the obvious. Yeah, Spider Verse. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, no, I'm trying to think like, what uh, movies Pixar like, mm, they made anything? Like, Inside Out was pretty good. Like, um, I think the last Pixar movie that I really liked a lot was Wall-E. And that was 2008. Yeah. Um, was Up before or after that? Uh, up was 2009. It's the year after. Okay. Because like, e- even Up, like the the first, the first part was really sad and yeah. like one of the one of the best pieces of animation ever made, and then the rest yeah, of the I, movie I, the, is cool. That's about it. Yeah. No. Yeah. It's it's like a ten minute. Well, no, it wasn't even ten. Was it ten minutes? Like the first. Oh. You know, it, like it's like a short five, film. Maybe. Yeah, like a, it's like a five minute short film that's just brilliantly done, and then. They had to make a 
you know another 80 minutes of movie to go with that so it's an old guy flies his house to south america and something with dogs and a guy who was supposed to be like 30 years older than him but i guess is still alive too and looks about the same age yeah like they 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 look like they were born on the same day well actually he the the guy in the house looks older yeah he aged really badly or the other yeah. guy just aged really graceful I guess, I guess both that South American the, fountain of youth that he found or something yeah, yeah that I, I guess like sitting in your house forever and um, being an old grump will probably do that to you mm. but also I don't I don't remember anything about up aside from the first few minutes like I, I remember like I remember the balloon house I remember that mm. they go to like a weird fantasy place that's apparently in South America I yeah that there's like that. big waterfalls and stuff and there's a bunch of dogs and they've got these like voice box things yeah I, I remember a dog and a bird and that's about it oh yeah 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 this uh, yeah kind of big colorful bird thing um yeah because i think movies see movies that they made after that they made toy story 3 um toy story 4 yeah um yeah. monsters university uh-huh. uh, which i was better than it should have been but i still haven't felt the need to watch it again um yeah brave which was odd because like brave and wreck it ralph came out in the same year and it felt like pixar and disney had switched places the pixar was making the princess movie and disney was making the let's imagine a new world movie i liked brave but it it's not like pixar special Mm. I'll put it that way. Yeah, cause, yeah. Let's see. Because they had Brave Monsters University was 2014. Um, no, I think. Yeah, I think in, in twenty they didn't. Ha- I don't think they had a twenty fourteen because I think Inside Out got pushed into twenty fifteen, and then Good Dinosaur also came out in twenty fifteen. Um, Good Dinosaur <laughs> being probably the worst movie they've ever made, but it does have that one drug scene. So. Um, <laughs> It's memorable for that. Um, the, the scene where they get high on rotten berries and start tripping out. Um, let's see, so it's 2016. Um, shit, can't remember. Um, yeah, cause, uh, let's see, because they had Toy Story 4, they had Incredibles 2, which I keep forgetting exists. Um, even though it made like a yeah, billion dollars, I, I think. barely rem- like I remember it now that I remembered it, but I don't think about it much. <laughs> Damn, um, Jade, you forgot to forget it. Yeah, Incredibles two is just Incredibles one uh, with a slightly different plot. Um. Well, yeah. But then, uh, the, and then onward is the new one. Aside, aside. Aside from Toy Story, Pixar doesn't make good sequels, I guess. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Cars 3. They had a Cars 3 this last decade. 
And I guess Cars 2 was like not, 2011, not. so that was also the last decade. Cars... Why? <laughs> because it makes money. Um, it makes so much more yeah, money. Because it sells toys. Yeah. yeah, Cars makes so much dice money than any other Pixar thing. Yeah. Um, but... Yeah, that's sad, but owned by Disney. Yeah. And then they did Onward, which was their new one that was... Like, it was fine. It's really good in the last, like, five minutes. But otherwise... So it, it, it's like the opposite <laughs> of Up, where it's like the... It's like just, Down. It, yeah, yeah, it's like, eh, this is fine. Some fun fantasy shenanigans, a lot of D&D jokes. And then you get to the end, and it's like... Oh man, it's like he—he's his brother, but he raised him, so he was like the father he never had. So beautiful, and, <laughs> and that—that's spoilers for Onward. That's the ending of Onward. <laughs> I'm laughing because yeah. I haven't seen it, and that is the best. That was the best, like, spoiler description I have ever heard. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it's because ever since Toy Story 3, they have to try to make you cry with something. It's, you know, that heartfelt, you know, brother's moment at the end. Because, I guess to spoil the entire thing and give it some context, uh -huh. um, like, the the plot, they, they find, so, th there's these two brothers, um, one of them knew their father when he was alive, but the father died while the other one was still so young that he doesn't remember him. So then they find this magic spell because his dad had been kind of dabbling in magic. Because this is like a fantasy. It's like if a D&D world became modern and kind of forgot a lot of the magic and stuff that they used to have. So... The dad had been dabbling in magic. They find a spell that will bring him back for one day. And they start casting the spell, but the, like, I think the crystal in the wand or something, it was a little damaged, so it, it broke before the spell was complete. So they have their dad's legs, but they didn't bring the rest of him back. So they're, they have to go try to search the world to find a crystal so they can complete the spell before the day is over because it's the only chance they'll have to ever, you know, talk to dad um tom holland is the younger brother and um chris pratt is the older brother um and when i saw the trailer for them it's like okay so why are they so focused on the kids like the wife is there too shouldn't she care the movie actually like it's pretty close she's already moved on she's got she's like dating a cop now so um but yeah, so so the brothers they, they go off on a road trip with their dad's legs to um, go you know to find a crystal to fix him, um, and then along the way it comes out that the older brother feels really guilty because since their dad was dying of like cancer or something he did want to go see him when he you know you know like hear his last words or whatever when he was about to die and he just you know didn't want to see him in a hospital bed like that. So, he feels he feels really bad that he so, wasn't there for so, that moment. Um, so, so wait the the older brother played yep. by Chris Pratt. Yep, the older brother played by Chris Pratt has this heavy emotional baggage that 
he didn't say goodbye to their dad when he had the chance because he was just too scared and too depressed. So, so they just they just straight up took that from Guardians of the Galaxy. I, I guess, yeah. I mean, he didn't get kidnapped by aliens yeah. in this one, but um, but, but, but like the whole thing of like taking his mom's hand who is dying of if not cancer a cancer like disease yeah yeah i mean i guess in this case he's not the focal character the focal character is tom holland the younger brother who's like i'm finally gonna get to meet my dad um but then yeah i yeah i mean as, as you can tell hmm? I'm, I'm, like i'm not saying they actually ripped it off i'm just saying it's like uncanny yeah yeah i mean they might have i i wouldn't be surprised since they got two marvel actors in there they probably had some inspiration from it um but yeah yeah because they end up like they get the crystal but then yeah i think as part of getting the crystal end up accidentally unleashing a dragon or something and it's like attacking the school and they're trying to fend it off and um so they end up getting split up when, like, they, they manage to complete the ritual and bring the dad back, but, you know, one of them has to, you know, hold this dragon back while the other one, you know, can talk to, um, the dad. And so, younger brother Tom Holland realizes it's like, I never even knew this guy, um, and really you, my brother, you were there for me, looking out for me like a dad would, so really you are like my dad. Um, and have been this whole time, because he's, you know, like, his older brother, like, he's kind of embarrassed by him, because he's a big dork, but also, he was, like, he, he's always really supportive, and he's just always there for him, so. So he just, he has this, like, moment of realization that it's like, oh, you were really my dad, you know, like, is, like, my male supportive figure throughout my life, and you need this catharsis of saying goodbye to our dad so older brother you know gets to have his moment with dad well younger brother is like no i'm i'm gonna take care of this dragon you go say your goodbyes and so so it's mostly like you know fun shenanigans and stuff for the most of the movie and then like right at the end it's like oh okay okay this movie works that's that's cool that's a cool idea yeah i'm i'm glad you explained it um in the first way first <laughs> and not not backward yeah. <laughs> because <laughs> because that was great yeah and it's I free should, on I disney should, plus so if you have movies. disney plus you can watch it i mm. don't because there's oh yeah you blew your uh, free trial on mandalorian uh, i could get another one <laughs> I have like 18 email yeah. addresses that I haven't used in years. Yeah. yeah, you can always make a new email address. But. Yeah. But I mean, I could also pay like the $8 for a month or whatever the cost yeah. is. Yeah, yeah. Know. Yeah, $8 for un- basically like unlimited rentals of all the stuff on there for a month. Yeah. I mean, I, I do that because it's yeah. easier. <laughs> um. Okay, I don't I don't know where this conversation was before it got to Pixar. 
but uh, we were talking um, about how there aren't any two D movies and there's only three D movies. Oh uh, yeah, anime. Mm. That's yeah, yeah. For big budget ones, it's just anime. Like the last big budget two D western I can remember was Princess and the Frog, and that was like twenty twelve or twenty thirteen. Yeah. And like even then, that was like that wasn't even one of Disney's best. Yeah, like it was like the, fine, but at the time they were saying like, "Yeah, we want to try to bring back 2D," and then I guess it didn't do well enough, so they stopped that. Yeah, DreamWorks gave up way before that. Mm. Like, like once they hit Shrek, they were like, "Nope, no more 2D." Yeah, nope. 3D was where the money is. Yeah. Which we'll get I back really to it under- one day, yeah, maybe. It's like, uh, yeah, because yeah, I, I don't understand why it is that that three D. Like I, I know in like the nineties and two thousands, yeah, it was it was new and cool, but like, why is it still the case that, that I don't know? Like people think three D is you know, better or more prestigious than two D. I. I honestly don't know. Like, part of me thinks it's because they think it's more, like, it's closer to real life. Um, so mm. it's easier to reach more people. But I, I don't know if that's the reason or not. Because it, it's, I, I, I don't think the cost is that different. Mm. Um, as Especially far as now that you can do 2D in computers you know you don't need to be at a sketchboard drawing every panel yeah like nobody yeah like even even keyframers like they don't they still don't have to draw nearly as much as they did like even 20 years ago when yeah yeah you got photoshop and layers you can copy your image and just alter it frame for frame yeah like there's there's like a million different um, like programs that will do in between work, mm. like automatically. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So it's never. Yeah. Like I don't. I. I don't. I still don't know like how how different the cost would be, or, and if that's the deciding factor. At this point, it might just be that. Like okay, we th- we threw everything into three D. So that's just what we're going to do for, say, 10 years. And then maybe we'll try a 2D movie at some point in the future. Like, I don't I don't know what, like, Disney's or DreamWorks' plans are. I doubt DreamWorks is going to try a 2D movie anytime soon. They haven't done one. Shit. And yeah, I'm... Probably almost 20 years. I don't even know what the status of DreamWorks is if they're an independent company or if anybody's yeah. bought them yet or fucking I, I don't want to talk about the movie industry mm. I just want to talk about like the funny pictures I just want to talk about butts <laughs> and turning hate. people into dinosaurs yeah <laughs> I, I like that. That's where you mm. went because that—that's 
That was already on my mind. <laughs> so have you turned anybody into dinosaurs um, this week? Um No, I did I did turn some into sheep. Mm. Um because you can do that in Ratchet and Clank going commando. Okay. Um Oh yeah, we we did get a question. Or I, I Yeah, guess yeah, yeah. Yeah. From um, Brown Wolf. From Yeah. Uh who asked about Secret Agent Clank. Um but I haven't played it. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say ten out of ten, the best Ratchet and Clank game. And um, just outright contradict all the reviews them, that say it was bad. None of them even come close. Ratchet, Rat, Secret Agent Clank is uh, what Ratchet and Clank always should have been and always should be. Mm. A shitty handheld made by a different studio. <laughs> At least I'm pretty sure it was. Was it? Was it High Impact that made Secret Agent Clank? Okay, I'm gonna do some research. Mm. I'll be right back. Just talk about, I don't know, titties or something. I mean, I can also say, like, speaking of Brown Wolf, um, I haven't seen it out yet, but last week, you know, we didn't record, but um, I was invited on to uh, the Scarlet Wolf podcast, which is Brown Wolf and... Um, uh, okay, now... I mean, it's right there in the name, Scarlet... I'm spacing out. What, what what's the rest of her name? Damn it. I can't remember. Um Well um, I don't I I'm not sure how pronouns work exactly. Yeah. To be honest. Um so Yeah, no, my so, my, my brain is very tired today. But yeah, I was on their podcast uh last week. I haven't seen the episode out yet though, so I mean I I'll definitely, you know, link to it on my Twitter when uh when it comes out, but it was fun. Um, it kind of reminded me of back when this show started, and I actually gave enough of a shit to prepare stuff ahead of time, because Brown Wolf had a whole list of like uh, <laughs> recent news and stuff to talk about. Yeah, I mean, at this point, we just bullshit, and some people listen to it sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah pretty much. I was just uh, it's like, okay. Yeah, we were talking about Chief Palpatine on the way in. I might as well just keep talking about that, and maybe it'll turn into something. Maybe it won't. Fucking Chief. Mm. It's not, it's not even spelled in an interesting way. It's just E E V. Yeah, yeah goddamn Chief and Palpatine. Not even like I. Not even like I E V, which would be mm. more interesting. Yeah. Because it's like Shiv, except with an E. Yeah, no, I think, because you brought that up earlier, and then as I was driving home from work, started thinking about some of the other stupid names in Star Wars. Like, um, there's a guy in the Darth Bane story named Lord Khan, who was later retconned in, uh, um, it was the Guide to Warfare. They gave him the first name Sheer, so he's Sheer Khan. <laughs> I 
Oh, that's fantastic. And then there's Obi-Wan's home planet, Stu John, <laughs> named after John Stewart. <laughs> oh, that's... Okay, that one just... Stupid. And there's always my favorite, Elon Sleece Bagano, the, the guy who tried to sell Obi-Wan death sticks. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, I wonder. I wonder what. Wait. I. I don't. I don't get that name. Can you. Um, mm. Can you spell it out for me? Um. Sleaze bag. Ano. That he's a sleaze bag. Oh, they're calling. They're saying he's a sleaze yep. bag. It's right there in his name. Uh, he's. He's a proud sleazebag. <laughs> I get it now. Yeah, I think there was... I don't know if it was old canon or new canon, but there was a short story about how he went home and rethought his life. So wait, he actually, like, stopped selling yeah. death sticks? Yeah, yeah, and he, he cleaned up and did a, a better job, I guess. I don't know. I haven't read it, but... But I've heard he that story selling exists. weed instead. Yeah, yeah, yeah he sells... He sells... <laughs> I guess Spice... According to that one Boba Fett story that I read on here, that spice is like a gateway drug, so I guess spice is the more mild drug in the Star Wars universe. <laughs> he sells legal medication now. He just sells male enhancement pills. <laughs> he sells the Star Wars version of Extends. Mm. So if he goes up to Obi Wan again, it'll be you don't want to sell me dick pills. You want to. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what does a Jedi need them for? Mm. I mean, yeah. Is is there a Jedi rule against masturbation? I mean, it, depending on the era, if there's a Jedi rule against. Um, well, I guess, I guess marriage, the problem was attachment, according to Yoda. So I guess masturbation doesn't have that issue. Yeah, but I mean, you can still feel things. <laughs> yeah, I guess if you're masturbating to the idea of the, the, the oneness of the Force, um, or uh, something that's not relating directly to a person, then... If you're masturbating to the like the Dick beauty of the light God. side of the force, then then it's okay. Dicks out for magic space god. <laughs> mm. Yeah, if you're masturbating to those um, weird like drama mask priestesses from the force planet in season six of Clone Wars, <laughs> then then that's okay <laughs> because they're the embodiments of the force. Oh God. Wait, so can you fuck the Force? Because that... Um, that sounds like an experience. I... Hmm. Maybe? I mean, if the Force has a will, that means it's a being. And if it... <laughs> Where there's a will, there's yeah, a I mean, way. Yeah, and, you know, since it, it can communicate through the midichlorians, I guess... If you're fucking anything with midichlorians the right way, you could be fucking the Force? Well, I mean... <laughs> The force surrounds yeah, us. Yeah, and it penetrates us. <laughs> yeah. Oh god. Yeah, so the force is fucking you um, all the time. Yeah, the force is just right yeah. in that butt. Every second of every day. Yeah. 
Um. Yeah, the Force is also especially <laughs> fond of children. Um, if you're too old for the Force, then <laughs> yeah, the, the Force doesn't matter. <laughs> oh god. Um. Okay, title, The Force is a Pedophile. Yeah. We're just daring Podbean to take this podcast down now. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe the force is really into children. Mm. <laughs> might, um, mm, which is worse. Might go over a little mm. better. The force for kids? Oh yeah, because I mean... Because I mean, if, if, if they're a pedophile, I mean, it's just mercenary work. But I mean, if they're into children... Mm. That, that's just worse, right? Mm. This went to a dark place, and I'd like to get out of it. <laughs> um, do we have other topics, or do we want to keep um, on Star Wars nonsense? I I did a Star Wars thing. Well, I did like two hours of a Star oh, Wars yeah. thing. Um, I played Jedi Academy because it was on sale on PS4. Mm a port of it for like ten dollars or something so you got to make your own um, character it's really oh yeah G- guess what I made um Twi'lek obviously guess what color blue no uh red the the weird yeah the weird pinkish mm. red that they have I wanted to make I wanted to make her pink but I couldn't mm. so I went for the closest mm. thing um, and I did put pants on her. That's that's optional, mm. but I did. Yeah, they hug the butt better. <laughs> um, but yeah, that game is old as shit. Yeah, <laughs> and it plays like yeah. It. Um, it's 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 janky, but it's fun. Um, every every other line is uh reference to the original trilogy mm. like i like i've i've seen they they just like in the in the three missions i've played there were like at least three times where a character said these are not the droids we're looking for mm. or something to that effect yeah. um let's see i have a bad feeling about this came up at well, least yeah once. i mean that's in every star wars movie. um yeah, see, like that 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 one doesn't that one doesn't annoy me because it's just a thing that people say mm. sometimes. Yeah, I mean that one. It's but, like a meme that every Star Wars thing has to include. Yeah, but the the whole the droids yeah the droids. Thing, I think um, Wampas that, appear at one point in the game. There's a ran- there's definitely a rancor in at least one level. Yeah, I haven't I haven't gotten that far, but oh, like the the description of the lightsaber um, has to say it's a weapon for a more civilized age, mm. like stuff like that. Yeah, you know they they can't they can't go like two or three lines without referencing Star Wars in like a very obvious way, mm. which I don't I don't I don't hate. It's it just. When it's that constant, it just gets really cheesy, you know. Mm. 
but yeah, I it, it's it's a fun game even if it's very very old. <laughs> yeah, like I I played it on Xbox years ago and I replayed it on Switch a couple months ago. And um like I think it it's probably the best version gameplay-wise of what they were trying to do with those games. Because there's also Jedi Outcast, which is the one that came out before, and that one, it's easy to get lost in some of the levels because it's just not clear where you're supposed to go. Um, like, Academy broke it up into smaller sections and it felt more focused. I, I did get lost once. Um, there's like a power plant that the, the New Empire laid bombs over, mm. and I didn't know how to progress, but it turns out... Um, what I didn't do was walk on an enemy officer that was holding a key card. Mm. So like, I, I basically walked back and forth throughout the whole facility like two two or three times until I just happened to stumble like across the body. They on, the only body enemy body that didn't disappear. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, who had the key card? Yeah, like a lot of the level design in those games is just not very intuitive. Yeah. It, and the the lightsaber swinging is pretty awkward too. Mm. Yeah. I can't I know the, there's a way to switch your lightsaber style in that game. I think it's like clicking the right stick or something. Or maybe it's the X button. But Oh, um, oh yeah. That there was a way to do that. I don't know. Y- you can I, unlock. I don't know if I tried like that. a heavy stance and a quick stance, <clears throat> and I usually just use the quick stance because it's a lightsaber and it does a ton of damage to begin with. Like the heavy stance tends to leave you open to attacks. Yeah, because it takes like two seconds for them to s- for your character to swing around mm. to actually hit them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> when you go in the quick stance, it does like a lot shorter movements and faster yeah that might be what my problem is but I I only use blasters when I absolutely have to mm. I use the lightsaber otherwise because why wouldn't you yeah the blast like in Jedi Outcast you spend most of the game without well you start getting force powers and then eventually get your lightsaber um, but for like a lot of the game you you have to use blasters and grenades and other weapons so it, it's kind of like how in Saints Row okay, 4 they still included the cars even though you don't need them like you did in 3 because you get superpowers and you can just run faster than a car. Right. Okay. That makes a lot more sense. Because um, I, I was wondering, like, why do I have these blasters that I have to shoot enemies like 10 times to kill them when they, they take one hit from the lightsaber? and And if I hold the lightsaber... I'll automatically deflect uh, bullets. Yeah, yeah. It, it's a holdover from the previous game, but it's only really useful for if you need yeah. to kill someone who's across the room. <clears throat> yeah, like that. That's that's why I got the 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 one with the sniper yeah. um, scope. Like you could just yeah. Like if you get like a sniper one and a bazooka okay, I, one, I, that's I, all you really need. Yeah. But yeah, I, I haven't gotten that far. But it's it's interesting. It's fun. I I, I will finish it. Mm. 
It, I think um, it has two endings. Like, there's a point where you get to make a choice, like light side or dark side. Yeah, I I, I noticed uh, in the 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 PlayStation trophies that they there were two endings, but I I, I didn't know when. Like, I I I didn't know if it was like. Do they count up the amount of force powers you use, or is there just like a binary choice at some um, point? I mean, like they they make comments on uh, like which uh, force force powers you have and which way it seems like you're leaning. But there is a binary choice in like the third act, where um, you can like spare okay. or kill your rival. Yeah, it's a little shit bag yeah. anyway. Fuck it. But I, I'm, I'm picking Jedi um, skills, even though. I mean, most of them really are more useful. Offensive ones. Yeah. Seems like. Seems like the 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 Jedi skills are defensive, while the um, Sith skills are offensive. Yeah. Which I mean, yeah, it makes sense. But yeah, I, I picked heal first, which was a very good idea. Yeah, no, heal is the best one. And, like, Force Lightning is okay. Um, I don't really remember using the other ones that much. Maybe the... Whatever the, like, the Force Protection push. thing that is that you get on Light Side, that one can be useful if you're in, like, a lightsaber fight. So, if you miss a hit, you're not gonna just die. Yeah, I think I think that was the second one I picked. But I, I haven't gotten to the point where I picked the third mm. yet. And you can or, go multiple levels in each one. Yeah. I mean, I... Yeah. I mean, I... It's... It's cool. But I... I don't know. Like, I, I kind of like... Um, like, PS2 era games, even if they're... Um, janky as shit. Mm. Like that one is. Because I I like that. <laughs> it, it's funny to me when um, it seems like they're trying to be like close to photorealistic, even if um, they just do not have the technology <laughs> to get even mm. close. Yeah, you can still like see they, the edges of they, the polygons. They do, they do close-ups on the character models and everything, and it's like no, <laughs> you, you do not understand what you're working mm. with. Like I could, I could see the, I can see, like the slopes of the polygons that they're dealing with and the facial features. Like it's, it's pretty bad sometimes. Mm. But, I mean that's to be expected. Like it's not, it's not like a flaw. It's it's, like it it's endearing to me, <laughs> because I I love. Uh, I love my PS2 and I love my PS2 mm. games. It's just it's just funny playing one that I haven't played before. Yeah. Yeah, was it on PS2 or was it just Xbox for that one? Um I'm 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 assuming it was on PS2 if it, or it might just be like a port that's on that they put on PS4. Oh, uh, sure. yeah. Well, yeah, cuz Asper Media has been doing ports it, of a lot. Like they put Though, you know, Jedi Outcast, Jedi Academy, and Pod Racer on Switch. And I think also PS4 and Xbox One. 
I mean, even if it wasn't on PS2, it's that yeah. era, so... Yeah, because I know PS2 got, like, like Bounty Hunter was only on GameCube and PS2, it wasn't on Xbox, but most of the Star Wars games that Weird. came out in that era were Xbox because they were ports of PC games, like, Jedi Outcast Jedi Academy were PC games ported to Xbox, KOTOR and KOTOR 2, same thing. Yeah, I should probably play um, KOTOR at some mm. point. I like that style of game, and um, I, I'm I'm aware that uh, it hasn't aged well. But yeah, I mean, I the, could give it a the shot. The combat is mostly you get your stats up good enough that you're not going to die, and then you just tell your character to go fight and watch them fight and. Occasionally, you can interrupt to say yeah. you want to do a type of attack, but it doesn't make a huge difference. It just auto fights. Yeah, like I, I, I usually prefer like more, um, more hands-on combat from RPGs. Yeah, no, like the the combat in the Kotor games, it, it sucks. But the the like, the story and the choice, like like MMO. Yeah. Like, the story and the choices and, the, like, the characters are the really interesting parts of those games. Yeah. Because, other, like, otherwise, as a game, the combat is just point, tell it to fight, and fight. Or someone charges up to you, and it goes into fight mode, and you fight. And otherwise, you're just running around uh, an area and looking for, like, treasure chests. And, like, items that are on... Like, things that are highlighted that you can click and say, Yeah, I want to pick this thing up or read this thing or look at this thing. Yep, it's a Bioware yep. game. <laughs> but, yeah, lo lots of... I mean, that, lot of dialogue, basically... A lot of dialogue choices. Um, playing evil isn't satisfying because if you're going to play evil, they expect you're just going to be a douchebag to everyone. Yeah, it's... It's like your choice, you know, you got like a person comes up to you saying, I need money, and your choices are light side, give them money. Neutral, say, sorry, I can't. Evil, I'm going to beat the shit out of you and take your money now, poor person. <laughs> yeah, like, there, there's no... That, that's, that's the one thing about, like, morality systems and Bioware games, is that there there's no... Nuance. There's no chill yeah. way. <laughs> there's no chill way to be yeah. evil. There's no like, get the fuck out of here. It's always like, I'm gonna punch you in the yeah. face. Or kill oh yeah, you. yeah. Because it's like if you're One of the two. if you tell someone to you know, get the fuck out of your face, that's considered a neutral thing because you didn't harm them. Yeah. You could say whatever the. You can say whatever you want as long as you don't give them anything or punch them in the face. Yeah. And that's that's and like, the and trick. KOTOR 2... You could tell them their mother didn't love them. Yeah, like KOTOR 2 was made by Obsidian, so it's a little bit better in that sense. The, the characters you know, do a bit more with morality, but the game was also rushed for release, so it's like missing huge chunks of the ending. Oh, at least that never happened to Obsidian again. Never ever. Nope. Not not with any other um, dialogue-driven 
um, 3D RPG series mm. ever. Yeah. Set set in, in a sci-fi world. Um, yeah, that would never have. It, it's okay. They made out. Of yeah, they 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 finally funny. gave up on being part of other people's worlds, and they're just gonna make their own. Yeah. We're gonna make our own Fallout with blackjack yeah. and hookers. Oh no, wait! Without without the blackjack and hookers. Yeah, because <laughs> that was New Vegas. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Because they made the Fallout with the blackjack and the hookers, and it it wasn't good enough. So they have to make a better one <laughs> with better blackjack and better hookers. See, I'm I'm glad our audience got to hear hear me in real time, realize that I made a subpar joke, and then try to fix it. Mm. Uh, well, the the ones who are still listening an hour and twenty minutes in, and who haven't fallen asleep yet, while listening to their sleepy time podcast. Th- this is this is just um, this is background noise for fucking right. I mean, that's why. We yeah, I mean, this. we're like we're not the kind of podcast like, that does any like shouting or um, like noises that would disrupt your sleep. Like, we're not, you know, going out of our way to be ASMR, but we're also not disruptive. So I could definitely see someone falling asleep to this. Like, yeah. I've heard sleeping to, like, so I mean, Bam before, and then sometimes I'll just be woken up because they're, like, screaming about something. Because Griffin made a joke about penises, and then one of the other two just started laughing in a very yeah or like someone like they read an outlandish question and then start shouting at the person who wrote it for what thing they were asking about let's talk about the McElroy's uh okay where do we start um oh actually now I I do another thing about the McElroy's (laughs) that's recent um so I was listening to the new the the adventure adventure zone zone um which is like their their show about like behind the scenes adventure zone stuff, um, but they mentioned that there is a new episode that they put on the Max Fun bonus stuff for subscribers like me, um, and it's a one shot they did where they're all playing like their own made up serial mascots in a world where it's it's like serial mascots like they have like different classes of serial mascot like um, the Seeker is the name of one who is always trying to get you know, get a taste of that cereal and they never can because the kids are always keeping it away from them uh, and then the uh, I can't remember I can't remember the names of the others but there's like one that's like really hyped up about their cereal and wants to promote it to everyone um, and yeah th- I know there's like a few of them uh, but I've listened to it a couple times I for some reason with Adventure Zone, it seems like I have to listen to those episodes multiple times before I really remember everything that happened, but it was fun enough that I'll definitely keep listening. Um, I remember Clint is playing a character who is a sponsor for a cereal called Bud's that's like weed-based. It's like hemp-based <laughs> cereal, and he's just like a stoner. Oh no! <laughs> what what's the mascot? Um, name? I I don't remember. What what 
What's the mascot's name? Yeah, I, I don't oh. remember. Captain Munch. Mm. The Captain Crunch does show up in the episode. Oh, well. That's just stealing intellectual property. Yeah, and I remember it ends on a stinger for uh, that the next one, whenever they do a next one, is going to be them fighting um, Count Chocula, Boo Berry, and Frankenberry. <laughs> they like they, they end up like opening a uh, yeah like, like they they defeat Captain Crunch or something and open up uh it like breaks the seal that was holding back these monster cereals and, <laughs> and now they're entering the world. Oh my god! So that maybe for ridiculous. Halloween they'll do that. Yeah, I just I love their one shots because they did they did like that one, uh, other Max Fun ones. They did Honey Heist, which is one where there are three bears at a convention trying to steal honey. Um, they did uh, Four Sherlock Holmes and a Vampire, um, where they're all playing different versions of Sherlock Holmes, trying to deduce which one of them is secretly a vampire and also solve a case that is like spontaneously generated by the random clues that they find like they roll and they find a clue and sometimes it's they found like a banana peel and then another banana peel and they have to figure out why the second banana peel is more important than the first banana peel <laughs> so wait they're all Sherlock Holmes and yep. one of the Sherlock Holmeses is a vampire uh yeah I think in the f- first episode they did of that only one of them was a vampire in the second one two of them ended up being vampires because they randomly oh, decide at the start if they're vampires or not and they all have like suspicious quirks that could imply they're a vampire like uh, a fondness for necks or avoiding uh, open windows and light or um, dislike of garlic or yeah it's like (laughs) allergic to garlic or um they came from transylvania <laughs> well i mean that that last one was just a real place yeah yeah i mean because like they all have suspicious quirks whether or not they are a vampire so um could be from transylvania and just be from transylvania and that's it yeah maybe they're just romanian how's, how's that or hungarian yeah I think there's a whole thing there. I don't want to get into. <laughs> but yeah, um, and like, like one of them plays. You know, I think in the second episode, actually, two of them were playing their own Benedict Cumberbatch, Sherlock Holmeses, <laughs> and um, and like. Did I anybody think, play the Lucy Lou? Um, nope. Sherlock Holmes. No, no, they haven't done that one. Um, they did. Darn. I think Clint, in. I can't remember if it was the first or the second. In one of the episodes, he played Data from Star Trek when he was impersonating Sherlock Holmes. And in another <laughs> one, he was playing a guy from the movie They Might Be Giants, um, who was like a guy in an insane asylum who believed he was Sherlock Holmes. Nice. Um. So, yeah, like they've done that one. They did this one. Uh, post-apocalypse called the Dadlands, which is where they're all different stereotypes of dads in a world that's all dads, <laughs> and they have to go retrieve the remote from the carpenter dads. And it's epic scale, um, 
but completely silly. Um, and then they did another. They did a, a Christmas special Sounds. one where there there's three of them on their way to the North Pole to beat Santa Claus's ass for various reasons. Um, like one of them, he's he's described himself as an angry thief, and then it eventually comes out over the course of the improv that he is like Santa's son who is angry at him because his birthday is on Christmas and Santa always forgets. Um, and also he decided to become a marine biologist instead of going into the family business of toy making. Um, I mean, marine biology is the polar opposite of, uh, toy. Yeah. And he decided he was a marine biologist because at one point he falls in the water and talks to a whale. So, he said it, that's his marine so biology like powers um, and like J- Justin is playing a, a seven year old kid who heard that if he beats up Santa Claus he gets to be the new Santa Claus so <laughs> Yeah, yeah. well yeah that's the Santa yeah. Claus that's, that's just that movie with that asshole yeah, yeah so um yeah, and then uh, and then Clint is playing um, Ebenezer Scrooge's like great great granddaughter, who is mad that um, Santa, in the form of the Ghost of Christmas Present, ruined her family fortune by making Scrooge too generous. <laughs> he gave yeah. it all away. So yeah, so the three of them go to the North Pole to beat Santa's ass. They find it like they beat up Santa. But then find out it was a robot, and the real Santa is actually a like big boss from Metal Gear Solid, and his toy factory is like a giant mech, <laughs> and he, he's like got like a secret plan to control the world economy through his toys. Metal yeah. Gear Kringle. Yeah, solid Santa Claus. I like it. Yeah, I like it. Um. Yeah, and then... Uh, let's see, what else have they done from one-shots? You want to know what I know about the McElroy- McElroys? Mm. I've, I've seen a Monster Factory before. <laughs> mm. <laughs> like, I, I know their names, that's about it. Yeah, so you know two of them from Monster Factory. Like the, the two that worked at Polygon. Yeah. And and I, I, know, I know Travis because I've seen... Or I've heard clips from... Uh, my brother, my brother, and me. Mm. So you just probably because don't know some... their dad, Clint, because he's only Adventure Zone stuff. Yeah, I guess not. Mm. What's he like? Is he like the if the other three combined into Voltron, um, they would be Clint McElroy? Um, I guess. I mean, if if they got older. Then they're they're Clint. When they get older, they'll become Clint. <laughs> they'll have to fight <laughs> to see who gets to become the new Clint. Mm. It it's it's like Highlander. Yeah. Um. Where was I going with? That? <laughs> uh, I don't I know. know. It, it's been a it's been a weird week for me. Mm. Um, see, I, I say that, but I'm always like this every time I do the show, so. Yeah. Um, people won't be able to tell the difference. And 
pe- I think people can only tell the difference in me when um, I'm really sick and I didn't sleep, mm. um, because then I feel I sound like I'm about to die. Yeah, but then you get that, you know Eugene's comments concerned about your health. Yeah, I am too. Mm. <laughs> That's all I've got to say. But no, I just have really bad allergies and sinus infections and mm. no matter what I do, they they just pop up from time to time. So, you know. Mm. Yeah. No, I just remember the other Adventure Zone one shot that because I've downloaded a bunch that I just listen to sometimes. Um, the other one is from earlier this year. The you know, the first Max Fun Drive bonus was um, they got Matt Mercer uh, from Critical Role to um, DM uh, a thing for them, and um, they did it. It was like modern day or almost. They, they said it in like the mid two thousands, but it's New York City. And it's like a crime drama thing, but they, I mean, it's, it's like they, they, they go in as, like, they're, they're supposed to be, like, working for a mob, and they need to go steal a thing from another mob. Um, but then because it's the McElroys, they are, like, very iffy about, like, killing or hurting anyone who's not a bad person, so, like, they have to, like, break into a museum, and they go out of their way to, they try to knock out the guard, but not hurt him at all so it, it's just like, I don't know it wasn't their funniest episode but it was interesting to see just how like out of their way they were going to try to be nice even though they're playing what should be bad people just like knock them out and then put a pillow on the ground for them to fall on well yeah I mean, I, I mean it was mostly Griffin cause it's like, like Travis was there you know just gonna club him over like he I think they walked up to the garden and like dropped a lighter on the ground to try to get him to pick it up and while he was bending over club him over the head um but but then yeah griffin was like you know kind of trying to stop him from doing that and also like even after they knocked the guy out like okay we're gonna you know write a note and leave it on him to explain that no he wasn't sleeping on the job you don't need to fire him he's doing the best he can He was attacked by by some hoodlums. That's pretty yeah. nice. But then later on, Griffin a... ended up being the one who is like related to a group of were rats that live in the sewer, and they feed the bodies of <laughs> the mobsters that they killed to the rats. So <laughs> what? Yeah, that that sounds reasonable. Yeah. Um. Yeah, they had to get rid of the bodies in a way that wouldn't leave evidence. So. Yeah. Feed them to the rat people who live in the so sewers. So what do they eat? They, they, they eat the bones, too? I guess. Huh. Yeah, it, it's weird. It's like, it's a mostly realistic New York, but also there's... I mean, the thing that the other mob was hiding was like a, some kind of magic item that could create lightning or something. And then there's also rat people who live in the sewers. Yeah. I should I should listen to things and watch things sometimes and not just play the same three games um, for hours on end mm. every week. Well, you can listen to things while you play the same three games. Yeah, I do, but 
I'd say you yeah. could catch up on Dice Funk, but there's a lot of Dice Funk. And Dice Funk is okay. Yeah, you know. I... I I need to get back and listen to it. Because I'm still paying for it. <laughs> mm. <laughs> so yeah, you're on all the credits and haven't listened. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you can skip I mean, season it's... four. Season five was good. Season six was mm, up and down, I guess. Season seven's all right so far. I I, I listened to five. I listened to a few episodes of six. Mm. And and I don't know, then I was like, you know what? I just want a break. And then I took one, and now it's been like a year. So. Mm. I mean, I Seven is definitely less again. heavy than Dice Funk has been. Like, I think after, you know, where they went with the last, like, three seasons there, they're like, okay, we're, we're just going to do some more D&D-ish adventure that isn't necessarily, <laughs> like, not as heavy on the social commentary as the, they were in a lot of the others. Yeah, four got really not fun. Yeah, um, yeah. At times, and like five, five was mostly fun, but it still got in social commentary, and like six was fun until Chris's character died, and then it just like slammed into a wall of not being that much fun anymore. Spoilers. Yeah, I mean, uh, Chris's character dies in pretty much I, every season. Like I'm waiting for his character to die in this season because it always happens. <laughs> true i mean aside from like zoe there was a moment where she could have died and didn't but all the others have had his character die was that one of the times where austin pulled his punch probably um or i mean and that was it was (laughs) chris's first season so maybe chris wasn't ready to tell him yet no i want this character to die yeah because i i I do know, I, I can't remember specifics, but I do know that there's a few times where a character should have died, mm. and Austin was like, no, I'll give him a little bit of rope. Yeah, I mean, I think if and the then, player doesn't want hang- the character to die, he'd be more willing to, but I think Chris is, it's probably part Austin, part, part Chris, for why his characters keep dying, because I think he wants it to happen. Yeah. Chris wants bad yeah. endings. Yeah, I mean, and it probably makes me an awful person because I know other people were really sad about um, what's her name, Olivia, the the fish doctor, when she died. Uh, but when she died, I was like, mm, oh yeah, yeah, I I don't care. I cared. I just didn't. I mean, uh, I wasn't broken like, up I'm... about it. It's like, yeah, I kind of saw this coming. Yeah, there were, there were a few weeks of like, yeah it, yeah, it seems like she's gonna die from something or other. Yeah, I mean, what when when has there been a season where a player character hasn't died? Um, I mean, season two they two lived until the very end where Drop was retconned out of existence, but otherwise they lived through the campaign. Yeah. Well. Technically, Lavinia was dead, and she was a. Mm. She was a what, like a 
I mean, the, the Lavinia we knew was a, um, a new Lavinia. It wasn't the original. Right. So, um... But that's, like, backstory. That wasn't even a thing her, that happened in the campaign. So, her, be, her being half-dead and Drop being half... Well, no, fully dead. Because he was born and then died, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because the or, deal wasn't made to stop him from dying in infancy. Yep. Um, but that's like, in the epilogue. That's not really part of the main story. It's not like someone dies partway through, like Jane in season one, or I mean, season three. Bumbershoot yeah. didn't die. He just got stuck in a mirror for most of the season because <laughs> Leon dropped he got, out. He got turned into yeah. a ghost. Yeah, and then other like um, <laughs> Dora. Died at the end, but that was you know near the end. Um, it wasn't a mid like you know having like a mid season death that was you know, season one had it, season four had it, season five had it, season six had it. Although season six, because resurrection magic is part of the conceit of that season, you know characters die but then they come back like a couple times I think. Yeah, yeah. There, there were at least two parts where someone definitely died, but then was brought back in the next episode. That's. Mm, I don't know how, about, how I feel about that, but I haven't actually listened to it, so I probably shouldn't mm. farm any opinions on it anyway. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, season six was the season that convinced me to stop um, going to the chats where they talk about. Um, Dice Funk, because it's just exhausting to talk to people about their their theories and their thoughts on things that are going on. It's like it sucks the fun out of listening. You know, whatever fun there was. You know, if, if even if the episode wasn't heavy or depressing or anything, you, know, you start talking to people about their thoughts and like what they think is going to happen, and it's like it it's improv. You can't really predict what's going to happen. You know, they'll, they'll throw curveballs yeah, I mean, on like everything. There's, yeah, like there's a very loose structure and then everybody else fills it yeah. in. Like, it's, like, yeah, the stories mostly make sense, but it's not like there's a... You know, it's not like there's... Uh, it's not written. Yeah. Like, things, will, things will not go like how... Like you, you can't predict, um, you can't predict dice funk like you can, like say, you know, say the finale of a of a long running mm. show. You know, like, oh, this guy was the villain all along. Like, yeah, I, I yeah. Um, this person's gonna die. Well, yeah, maybe that if if the math works yeah. out. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, so like like season seven, I haven't thought as much about it as I have past seasons, but also I don't mind that I'm not thinking about it as much. It's easier to engage with if I don't have to overthink it. What? Because I'm not in those chats. And I mean, the the big be the beginnings of the seasons are usually pretty slow, anyway, right? Um, yeah, 
What what episode is it on now? Uh, I don't remember. Let's see. <laughs> episode nine. Uh, nine is what they're up to. Okay, so that's the point where like shit actually starts going down. Mm, yeah, usually. maybe. I mean, so far they've mostly been. Like, because of stuff in Season 6 that was used to justify having this be a post-apocalypse, but otherwise, that that translates into occasionally something from a previous season could show up as, like, part of a ruin, but otherwise, it's just a new world. It's kind of like a desert, I guess, um, but it's weird because it's like, um, like, there's like an evil king, I think, like, the... Because after season four, they made it so like everyone got these godlike conduit power things, um, and that was like the status quo for a while. But they decided it was getting kind of boring, so they made it in season seven. So the only certain people have conduit powers, and they are considered like living gods. So this king guy has the power to control salt, I guess, and so the he lives in this desert, and like everything is salt everywhere and yeah, we've got this group of characters who meet in like they've all been thrown in a gladiator arena together and they all break out and um they're traveling around because chris chris's character is like a princess who's the daughter of this evil king and she's trying to find her mother who's you know ran off somewhere in the world and so they're looking for her, but mostly just having encounters with other the characters and locations. They spent the last couple episodes in like the remains of a uh, like a mall. So they're making like a lot of mall jokes, and Laura is confused all the time because they're referencing stores in American malls that aren't international stores. <laughs> and, that sounds about yeah, right. Yeah, but it, I think in the last episode they. I don't know if they burned down the mall or if they just set it on fire and then got the fire put out later. But there was definitely a mall that was on fire, and I think they left by the end of it. Um, also, they do a whole... Um, they reference Howl's Moving Castle, but what I was thinking of was that, epi that, that movie from a couple years ago where there's like cities on wheels. Because... Um, Oh yeah, that yeah. The one I can't remember the name. Yeah, of because but that that one they, they do something like that because the you know Salt King guy, his city can move around. Either it's on wheels or he's just using his salt magic stuff to make it just slide across the desert. But yeah, he's so he's chasing them in his whole oh, city. That's cool. Kind of like that movie with the hungry, hungry cities that drive around gobbling up uh, smaller cities. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it should be called. I don't yeah. care what the actual name is. I just remember like the trailer, and I, th I think it was a Peter Jackson movie. And I think I saw it once, but I don't remember like anything I, about it. I I remember it. I remember it having a really famous director, so it might be Peter Jackson. I yeah. couldn't remember who it was. I don't. I, I don't know if I did anything else today, or th mm. this past two weeks. Um, that, that I want to talk about. Yeah, I mean, most of my stuff is just stress, but for non-stress stuff, 
Um, Most of my stuff is is just my joints aching mm. because reasons. Yeah. Also, it's hot. It's very hot. Yeah. Stop making it so hot. I'm gonna go shout at the sun. Tell it to calm, calm its tits. Yep. What if the sun had tits? Like just, just like two reasonably sized just ones. Little fireballs just... attached to them. <laughs> yeah. Well, would they would they be balls or testicles at that point? Um, I mean, or <laughs> wait, I uh, I said that wrong. <laughs> yeah, um, and I didn't notice because I was. Would they be? What, what? I, I'm searching for the 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 hungry hungry cities movie. I don't know what it's called. Mortal <laughs> engines. What? They knew immediately what I was talking about. Oh yeah, about. yeah. What 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 do you type in? Like big moving cities movie. Um, I, I took the movie where cities drive around. <laughs> I like it. Um. So what? Did did it did it make money? Did it lose money? Um, what happened? Hmm. Well, I'll click this wiki article and see what it says. It is a 2018 post-apocalyptic beats. action adventure directed by Christian Rivers. Um, with a screenplay by Fran Walsh, Philippa Boyens, and Peter Jackson. Huh. So, Jackson did the screenplay, okay, but it, it another guy directed it. Um, oh yeah, Hugo Weaving was in that movie. I forgot. Um, an American-New Zealand co-production, the film is set in a post-apocalyptic world where entire cities have been mounted on wheels and motorized and practice municipal Darwinism. Its movie universe is different from that of the books because there are books. Uh, let's see. Huh. Where is it? Box office a budget one hundred fifty no one hundred to one hundred fifty million. Box office eighty three million. So, not even counting, you wow. know the um, the amount they spent on advertising. It came in uh, under its budget. Oh man! Well, it uh, has a twenty-six percent approval rating on it. Rotten Tomatoes. Average rating of four point eight nine out of ten. Huh. Yeah, I think I rented well, it when it came out. They can't. They can't all hmm. be winners. Um, let's see, <laughs> any other? Uh, Apparently, the author of the books thought it was that nobody okay. cares about. <laughs> He says, eh, it's different from the books, but they did a um, good job. Well, I mean, what else, what else is the author going to say except that he hates it? Like most like authors. Stephen yeah. King movie. Seem to hate the movies of their stuff. Yeah. Or if they're J.K. Rowling, they just spout bullshit about wizards pooping in hallways. I mean, if you're if you're if you're her, you just spell bullshit about everything. Yeah. Um, I'm seeing how long the plot summary is on this to see if I should just start reading that. <laughs> it's fairly long. Okay, well let's let's see if 
How many minutes? Yeah, we got ten minutes left. Sure. Let's see how far we get through the plot. Um, Let's do it. Following a cataclysmic conflict known as the 60-Minute War, the remnants of humanity regroup and form mobile cities called Traction Cities. Under a philosophy known as Municipal Darwinism, larger predator cities hunt and absorb smaller settlements in the Great Hunting Ground, which includes Great Britain and Continental Europe. So I guess somehow they cross uh, the gap between England and uh, France, but... The, ch uh, the channel... Yeah. In opposition, settlements of the Anti-Traction League have developed an alternative civilization consisting of static settlements, traditional non-mobile cities, in Asia, led by Shan Guo, formerly China, protected by the Shield Wall. Relics of 21st century technology such as toasters, computers, and smartphones are valued by historians as old tech. The city of London captures a small mining town called Salzakan, uh, so, yeah, close enough. Absorbed, I uh, absorbing its population and resources under orders of Lord Mayor Magnus Crome, Tom Natsworthy, an <laughs> apprentice historian, arrives at London's gut to collect Salzakan's old tech for London's museum. Hester Shaw, a masked 20-something woman among the Salzakans, attempts to assassinate Thaddeus Valentine, head of the Guild of Historians, but Tom intervenes, uh, pursuing Hester to a shoot. Hester escapes, but not before telling him that Valentine murdered her mother and scarred her face. When Tom informs Valentine of this, he pushes Tom down the chute. Uh, okay. Yeah, okay, yeah, I forgot Valentine's a different person. Uh, okay, Tom and Hester are forced to work together to traverse the hunting ground, survive Southeast scabs on a night hunt, and, fighting, uh, and finding refuge in a vehicle called Scuttlebug, but the owners lock them in a cell, intending to sell them as slaves. Uh, Hester confides that Valentine killed her archaeologist mother, Pandora, after stealing a piece of old tech she found in a dig in the dead continent of the Americas, whilst young Hester escaped with the necklace her mother gave her. Meanwhile, Valentine frees Shrike, a reanimated cyborg known as a stalker, from the walking prison Sharkmoor, to find and kill Hester. At the slave market of Rustwater in the Outlands, Tom and Hester are rescued by anti-traction lead agent Anna Fang. There's a lot of names in this thing. You gotta keep track yeah, of all of these very, people. A lot of very, like, young adult author um, type names, too, like Valentine and Fang. Yeah. And... Um. Hester explains that Shrike had found and raised her after escaping Valentine, and Hester promised to let him turn her into a stalker like himself, but she left after discovering that London had entered the Great Hunting Ground, giving her a chance to kill Valentine. In London, Valentine's good-natured daughter Catherine grows estranged from her father, especially after apprentice engineer Beavis Pod informs her that Valentine pushed Tom down the chute, and they learn Valentine's energy project is the repurposed St. Paul's Cathedral in, uh, is more than it seems. Um, Hester and Tom travel on Anna's airship, the Jenny Hanover, to the airborne city Airhaven, meeting other anti-traction members. After questioning Hester, Tom realizes Pandora discovered a computer core for Medusa, a quantum energy-based superweapon used by the belligerents during the 60-minute war to instantly destroy entire cities, albeit shattering the Earth's crust into a thousand pieces that have rearranged the former continents. So I guess that's how 
the Great Britain and um, Europe are on the same continent now. Um, okay. They they yeah. fucked up the world. Makes some sort of sense. Uh, the Guild of Engineers have stolen the remaining components from Tom's Museum Workshop and built a Medusa under Valentine's orders. Shrike catches up with them, resulting in a fierce skirmish that critically wounds him and destroys Airhaven. Realizing that Hester is in love with Tom, he frees her of her promise before perishing. As Hester, Tom, and Anna travel to the shield wall with the surviving anti-tractionists, Valentine kills Chrome in a coup and musters support from Londoners by vowing to destroy the shield wall with Medusa and lead them to a new hunting ground in Asia. Anna convinces Shanguo Governor Quan to launch the anti-tractionist airship fleet against London, but Medusa destroys the fleet and blasts a hole through the shield wall. After coming upon a stone carving of Medusa, uh, Hester discovers that her mother's necklace hides a crash drive, a kill switch for Medusa. Hester, Tom, Anna, and the remaining anti-tractionists lead a raid against London, braving the city's anti-aircraft guns. Hester and Anna infiltrate St. Paul's, and, through Val- uh, and though Valentine mortally wounds Anna during a sword duel, Hester destroys Medusa with the crash drive. In a last-ditch attempt to destroy the shield wall, the now-insane... Uh, Valentine has his henchmen kill the city's control crew and put the city on full throttle on a collision course with the wall. With Catherine's help, Tom uses the Jenny Hanover to destroy London's engine. Hester catches and fights Valentine aboard his airship, where he reveals that he is her father. Tom rescues and shoots down Valentine's ship, which is crushed by London's slowing tracks, killing Valentine. The surviving Londoners, now led by Catherine, make peace with the anti-tractionists, while Tom and Hester leave in the Hanover to see the wall. So, there. Now you don't have to watch it. You've heard the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, it's cliche. Do you remember as fuck. any of that? No. Uh, I remember that Valentine ended up getting crushed under London when it was driving around. Uh, I don't remember that <laughs> from the time I saw the movie. Like from the time I saw the movie, I remember the stuff they're saying up to the point where Tom gets pushed down the chute at the start, and then I don't remember anything after that. Because I think that's when I stopped paying attention mark. and probably started playing a video game. That, that's the mark of a good movie when you don't remember anything past the first ten minutes. Yeah. But it was a movie and it happened and it didn't make its budget back. <laughs> well, that happens a lot. It does. Hey, Jared, it, from that description, movies? it sounds like they were trying to like, get the Chinese market to really like them. Because China's like the secret good guys. Like, most of the movie's not about them, but then when they get to China, they're like, hey, we need your help to stop the this evil city of London from destroying all your shit. So, it, is it supposed to be, like, um, a metaphor for colonialism or something? Like, all these big European Maybe. cities is like... Because that, that seems yeah. like... Yeah, it's it's like a, a mix of that like colonialism with um, nuclear war, because the whole idea that there yeah. was a super weapon that you know, changed the landscape of the world and wiped out the Americas. Like who nuked South America? Like uh, whoever had the Medusa, I guess. Like, I could see somebody nuking North, North America because, like, the mm. U.S. Um, is everywhere. Um, yeah. But, like, 
Who's mad at Argentina? You know? I guess they were just... If you blow up a continent, then you have to blow up the rest of the continent with it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you blow up half 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 the Western Hemisphere, you might as well go for the whole thing, right? Yeah, I mean, maybe the Earth in this this world is actually like half a globe, and it's just that you know, like it got cut through the Atlantic and the Pacific, and the whole American continents just kind of floated into space on the bottom half of the Earth. Flat Earth confirmed. Yeah. Well, it's like it's flat, but also round. You know, like like <laughs> it, it, the world is like a half a sphere that is. Um, it's yeah. It's it's like it's like a broad, just two halves of a globe, just floating up beside each other. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. One side is drifting away, and the other side like somehow retained its orbit. Despite that having half the mass thing. of what it used to have. <laughs> um, um, okay, where do we go from here? What what other um, movie that nobody cared about can we talk about? Um, well, we're up to two hours, uh, but some for some reason, reading all like that very lengthy description reminded me that. Um, uh, shit, what's the name of that? The movie that you liked, the Angel something, was it? The one that was based on an anime? Um, Alita? Yeah, yeah, Alita Battle Angel. Yeah, I, I remembered that I saw yeah. that one too. Because that one also had a lot of stuff going on. Yeah, but that was a good one. Yeah. And I hope it made money. <laughs> oh, I guess I can find I, out. I assume that it did. I hope it Let's didn't die see. a horrible death. Uh, I mean, I, if I remember right, it was one of those movies that they were hoping that maybe in, like... Yeah, oh, it's 20th Century Fox. So, if it even uh, gets a sequel, Disney's in charge of that now. Oh, no. But, um, yeah, it made money. Budget, $170 million, Box office, $404 million. So, nice. even accounting for Wait. advertising, which... Usually, you say double the budget and cover advertising. It still made a small profit on top of that. Wait, did you say four hundred and four million? Yeah. Wait. Yeah, that's pretty well. That I guess that's decent for a movie that's not like a massive blockbuster. Because yeah, like making a billion yeah. is the thing that like all the really really big movies do. But for something on that scale. Um, you know, almost half a million. That's that's okay, or ha- half a billion. That 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 number is funny to me because four is unlucky in Japan, so yeah. that means that the sequel isn't going to do well. Mm. <laughs> I'm I'm just looking for things to um make me feel bad now. Um. Do we have a joke to end on? Um. Oh, I probably still have that page. Let me go. Oh. Better, better be a good one, or else I'm gonna shit my pants. <laughs> okay, so if I find a bad joke, you're gonna shit your pants on air. And if I find a good joke, then you 
We'll probably just laugh until you get a headache. I'm. <laughs> That's true. I'm gonna shit my pants and then send you the pants. So now we both have something at stake. Okay, I don't know if this is a good one. Why aren't dogs good dancers? Why is that? They have two left feet. <laughs> they they have two left paws, asshole. <laughs> yeah, and they also have two right feet. But. <laughs> 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 um, give me another one. Okay. Um, okay, this one I like this one. How do you stop a bull from charging? How? Cancel its credit card. <laughs> <laughs> I do like that one. Yeah. That was a good one. Um, okay, so... Okay. See you in two weeks. Yeah. That was a joke. I guess we're done. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> That's the worst way to end the podcast. <laughs>